0: Especially for Africa, you know, uh, we have so many, I always call them the hyper-local issues that the West doesn't have, or the more developed world doesn't have. And, uh, you know, and then meanwhile, we've been having, you know, all these developed kind of countries' products dumped on us. Um, But there's so many opportunities that we can solve in Africa for African problems.
1: Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurs of Africa, the podcast of African entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm Mark, uh, founder, CEO, startup coach, and mentor, university lecturer, engineer, and human being. And I uh, would have the pleasure to be your host on this episode. Today, we all, we will discover actually uh, an African toy company. Why toys? So it, it's not the kind of toys we maybe used to, and, and when I was introduced to the company, I didn't have really an idea of what it was about. So to talk about it, I'm very pleased to welcome Petra Rees, founder of White Oys. Petra, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Thank
0: you so much for that warm introduction. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much. Doing well. And you?
1: I'm I'm great. And I'm very happy to, to have you uh, as, as a guest today. Um, so we emailed through our common friends. And, and our, all I can say that well, it opened my eyes on a, on a new aspect of toys and learning. Um, so before we deep dive into our topic, um, I would like you, to, you know, to plan the decor for our audience and to tell us a little bit more about the genesis of why toys and how did you come up with, with the idea?
0: No, thank you. And, I'd, you know, sometimes good things happen when um, you actually need them, right? From like personal need. Yep. Um. So that's how it started with us And um, as a mom. Um, I realized that, uh, you know, one thing that the education system can't really fix today is True. to ensure that my kids are going to become creative geniuses and entrepreneurs, potentially, if they want to. If they don't want to, they still need to become creative geniuses <laughs> to fix some wicked problems that we are leaving for them. Um, and, um, and I realize that I'm not the only one. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of how, how it all started. And I was actually sitting at the Singularity University Summit in Johannesburg that was some four years ago. It's when I still had my other business um, focusing on supporting entrepreneurs. And, 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 um, and they were actually discussing the whole um, opportunities around 3D printing and what, what additive manufacturing, otherwise known as 3D printing, can solve. Yeah. And it really opened my eyes and I realized that that's it. That's, that's really the area that we need to get to. And, and 3D printing and being one of the exponential industries for the future um, needs to be the core delivery in what we do. And uh, we've taken that, we've taken 3D printing, and now basically what Whiteboard stands for is that we uh, deliver rich educational content to schools or to homeschoolers, caregivers, uh, that one can 3D print with a push of a button. You can send it through to 3D printer. Um, And the kids, in addition, can co-create and co-design their own inventions um and and really make the the content richer and i think mark you know i don't know when when you were 10 or 11 i when i was 10 and 11 i wanted to have all these crazy things to make be reality and i couldn't in my bedroom (laughs) and my parents told me keep on dreaming (laughs) and and, you know with 3d printing today you can right um you literally whatever you you know what you can imagine can actually become reality and that's the that's the life that our kids are going to be living in um, and essentially, that that whole that whole area around problem solving and, and became creative around it was the the key part. Of what we do.
1: And, and yeah, you know, that, that's that's fun actually. That that makes me think. And we're going sideways. I, I was sure about that. Um, when you're talking about you know being ten or eleven, I was a fan of Legos. Okay, and one thing that was really annoying is that you always lose this tiny part. <laughs> that that. that that doesn't, you know, that, that well. You can't make what you wanted to do because of that tiny thing. Now with a three D yeah. printer, well, yeah. no problem. Let's yeah. print it exactly,
0: exactly. And 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 you know, there was this exactly that story, and I saw it with my kids. Um, you know, they they already at that age. You know, my my little boy at the age of five. Um, I had my watch at the table and there was a piece that actually got broken off. You know, in that moment I was like angry and I was like, oh now I have to go to the watch, you know, the yeah. shop to get it fixed. And he was like, Mom, you can 3D print it. And I kind of looked at it, like, yes, And and exactly they, they think differently because they've been exposed yeah. to it, you know, and, and that's the that's the beauty about it is that you need to get their brains wired as early on so that they understand how they can use the different technologies to solve these problems.
1: Nice. So that's that's the basis of white toys. So so
0: percent So we basically and we took it a little bit further, just to add on if we sure. can. Um, and we basically created a platform that with the rich content. But what's beautiful about it is that the platform can be actually scaled into any other industry. And because of COVID and schools being closed, as you can imagine. Oh yeah. Our market disappeared right underneath our feet. Um, the, yeah, we needed to pivot very quickly and we realized that we had something that was very valuable, but in our minds, it was like conversation for like 2025 (laughs) and, um, and you know, and then suddenly people saying, no, 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 like, can you speak to us now? Because like, we couldn't get our goods from China and, or Europe or wherever they were getting them because obviously supply chains were destructive and healthcare, you know, face shields. And that's how it all started. So we actually repurposed that platform for healthcare. And now we actually have um, uh, pilots running and being very su- successful in a kind of more remote part of Africa where we actually set up local manufacturers using our content, but with content relevant for what they need to solve for, whether it's healthcare or life manufacturing or agri and et cetera. So, you know, that's, that's something which, which COVID brought upon us. Bad, bad and good. <laughs> So you're,
1: you, you should change the name of the company. Yeah.
0: No, we set up a different company. We set okay. up two different companies very quickly. Oh
1: a serial entrepreneur. Oh, no.
0: But chasing the shiny things, right? That's exactly what you, what you say to, to entrepreneurs. Don't do it. Don't chase the shiny things. Focus. But yeah, sometimes but that- when you have an opportunity, knock on, on, your, on your door, you also do need to grab them, you know, and you need sure. to be very careful um obviously what you do and and we learn many many things what we shouldn't have been done i'm doing um but at the same time you, you can't when the door opens you know you need to you need to enter you can't just say sure. oh sorry i'm not ready we were planning on having this discussion in three years time <laughs>
1: so that, so that's that's an interesting side effect of the covid crisis so basically um yeah it, it opens and it's true that that we we heard that actually we interviewed a couple of um couple of entrepreneurs and think who were completely you know well either pivoted or just exploding yeah. their business 20 fold uh just because well other businesses are closing supply chains are changing um, and it opens lot of opportunities so yeah the, the famous things that there is only one word in China that in Chinese that says crisis and opportunity. So it's the same word. So kind of interesting. <laughs> there you so, go. So,
0: there
1: you go. so, so COVID was 100%. a blessing, not a curse for you somehow
0: yeah yeah well for white toast it was a curse because closed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ooh. but um but equally the, the the homeschooling market was booming so you know so we we, we focused uh, kind of we refocused our efforts so that, that was a good thing um but you know at the same time one needs to you know and and obviously all these new doors open which is which is fantastic but one also has to realize that with the crisis you know, and it doesn't last forever, right? And a lot of things are coming back to like you know, as much as things did change, they also didn't, you know, they also okay. became very go. Let's go back into the old ways of how we how we did things. So um, you know, the, the school market, for example, this year has actually um has accelerated so quickly for us that we were almost like, you know, wait, wait, <laughs> we haven't got our goods, so we have to get there very quickly. So it's, it's As you said, it was like a blessing and a curse because instead of actually, you know, one of the mistakes I could have a look at saying like we should have actually just took a chill pill, you know, bootstrapped, think about, you know, thought about it a little bit more and, and really like refocused and make our customer service better and may you know, made our kind of other loops and feedbacks look better and all of these things. But instead we kind of, as entrepreneurs do, <laughs> went to other directions which brought us opportunities, amazing opportunities, but what we could have done in that, per, in that time, we could have actually made our products better, if, if that makes sense. You know, like looking yeah. back at it, I was like, oh, if we had the time, and why didn't we <laughs> use that time for that? <laughs> and um, so we still like, you know, uh, rolling on all the cylinders, but I think that that's just, that's just what we do to always to be chasing, you know, the dreams, but at the same time, you know, we try to fix the problems.
1: Okay, no, that's that's interesting. And I, I think I, I like I like the way. And, and it's true that many people took the opportunity of you know the, the business slowing down, the, the different mm. lockdowns in various uh, mm. places uh, around the world. So it's okay. Let's let's rethink you know customer service. Let's rethink support model. Let's rethink those things. Blah blah blah. Because it's slowing down. Uh, what you're saying is that well, yeah, we could have, but no, we did not. <laughs> we just yes. went exactly. sideways. <laughs>
0: and exactly and that's that's what you know what, what i like looking back at it um we could have done we could have spun, spent our time more but i think in, in that you know at that time you firstly you, you know you're a little bit out against the ropes and that's kind of what i think was interesting about covid that you know one thing don't be caught at at the ropes yeah. um and 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 make those decisions that um that may may not be the right decisions for your business and stay true to your north um, but, you know, at the same time, we have new business opportunities that are going to um, increase our revenue so much, like actually three times, the, wow. the, you know, without those. Exactly. But so so, so, so you kind of, <laughs> I, you know, later, like looking at it now, I mean, the other business, you know, we, we're saying like, why so we should have spent all the time like standing, staying true to our north and making sure that we have our ducks in the road and Improve our strategy and improve our doing, but at the same time we would have lost all those opportunities, right? That now are, are really turning to be bigger than we thought. Which is yeah, yeah.
1: so. So you you are the exact opposite of what we teach
0: startups. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> no, no, stay focused. You know, continue doing what you're doing. Don't don't look around. Just stay focused. And uh, I said, no, no, no. Doors are open. We just go into them. Okay. And
0: I think that, that, that's a, such an interesting challenge because, you know, like when you exactly when you go sailing and you want to sail, sail north towards north, right? So it's your north star. You go east and you go west. Y- yes. You don't go north all the time. True. And, and, and that's the challenge is like in, in, in every day to make the decisions that, that will make sure that you stay on that course. Right, but you know that you're going east, and you know that you're west. <laughs> but you have to go back to to your true north. Um. So you know. So the strategy needs to still be there. And and I think luckily for us, you know, we um we could have made it. It's, it's not like we're taking a completely different course.
1: True. For
0: White toys I mean, I mean, we could have improved a few things. You know, but it's not like we have taken we have taken off course. But um, we have um, literally like added you know t- to it a little bit more. We we've taken more stops on the way to north (laughs) and we've taken uh, additional new stops but i think that the uh, the key things that remains like you know you have to stay focused you need to make sure that because you're taking so many decisions every day and they have such a pivotal pivotal change they can make such a big change and whatever like worked in my business before i am like ah i learned this i'm not going to make the mistakes again (laughs) but now the circumstances change you know it's like the other day i was like You know, I made the mistake last time. In my previous business, I didn't partner soon enough. You know, it was like, how do you find quick enough partners, for example, to deliver on certain things that you shouldn't be actually focusing on and rather giving away your revenue, retrospectively. I'm like... I should have done that back then. Yes. I should have rather given away my revenue, giving it to another company, You know, making sure because that, that's what their core was. It wasn't my core. And I didn't do that at that time. And I was like, yes, I'm going to exactly do that. And I'm going to learn from it. But the situation was different and 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 we made met the wrong partners. Like, you know, I mean, they were right in the beginning. But then it turned out not to, to, to be the right partner. So, so you look back at it again and you, you just, you know the the situations is also different every situation and circumstance is True. different but um so i mean you have to take the learnings but you also have to t- take it with a with a pinch of salt of of i guess what what works at that time
1: yeah uh, this, the situation is definitely for the last yeah. year has been has been completely different from what we, we exactly. we've you know we, we've come with um but but going into that thing so and and, and i maybe i <laughs> said i don't know if you can answer <laughs> answer the question is that but if you look back at, well, the last year or maybe the last two years, if you were able to do things differently, uh, what would that be?
0: So I think that um, kind of what, what I mentioned a little bit earlier around um, true to, to your nose, but also make mm. like when you make the decision um, and when you know, and you know in your gut that you might have either make a mistake, you know, like your gut tells you like, mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> like watch out or your gut is like happy with it. Like, you know, when you're singing, like your body is like happy. <laughs> so then, you know, you, you're on the on the right direction. But when your gut is like, mm, it doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, that kind of learning from that mistake and really reiterating and going in depth and actually being okay with, I'm going to find mistakes. I'm going to actually uncover, I'm going to open the can of worms <laughs> and opening it now and eating the frog and all that kind of stuff and doing it right there and then very quickly as quickly as possible and like you know and moving on and I think that's what we could have done just a little bit faster and learned faster and made the changes faster you know that would be that would be the only thing that I think I would have done definitely differently
1: so so uh, what, what but when you say doing things faster is is
0: that making the c- decisions that the kind of making like de- if okay. I made the decisions and I know that it was not right. And my gut feels it, it was not right. You know, and then a week later, you found out that, yes, it wasn't. And you should have actually sent that email and you should have asked five different other questions that you didn't ask, but you knew you should have asked. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Like really kind of at that moment when you feel that it was a decision that you know 100% was, really go to the bottom of it. And don't wait until you know, two, three weeks later or even months later. When it comes out, and you kind of pitting yourself against the wall to say, "Yeah, I should have. I should have actually questioned it, or I should have asked for it." But
1: but yeah, and that's and that's an interesting um, point as well. So I, I like I like the idea of okay, making making a decision, um, even though you you feel something is wrong, but at least well, let let's let's go for it. But mm. let's stop the bleeding. Basically, two weeks, exactly. three weeks later, instead of you know exactly. dying out of it. Um, exactly but how do how do you how do you how do you come up with that such a decision you know because it's hard sometimes it's exactly like I was saying so sometimes well and that's what we teach to, to startups says no no go go I know it, it will be hard you know and will you will have hardship and and you'll go through different difficult times but no you need to continue to go through that hardship and then the light mm. will come now what you're saying mm. is just well if it's too hard I take. Then I stop.
0: I think it's not necessarily stop, but just question it. You know, if it's okay. too hard, um, you know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You, you shouldn't leave it to the point when it's starting to fall to pieces. I think that's what I'm trying to say. If your okay. gut feel is trying to say, ah, uh-uh, there's something not hundred percent right, and you know it's not hundred yeah. percent right. Um, You know, don't be afraid to ask again. Like, often, like, I don't want to be seen maybe the stupidest person in the room or, you know, I'm not too sure if the clients, I don't want to be kind of feeling like I am saying to the client, like, sorry, but it it can't be this week. You know, can it be next week? Because, Mm. you know, maybe we we were not prepared for it. And it's just because I was just chasing it. And I was like, no, but deep down, I knew that, like, it was the wrong decision. And I should have just done it straight in there and asked the question. You know, would you mind? And we throw something actually to sweeten the deal to make it a week or two weeks later. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think those are the decisions that often we feel like we need to deliver um, at, a, at a time. Um, and, and we need to, we feel obliged for something or, mm. you know, we don't ask our service providers for something and like, ah, no, he's great. You know, I've dealt with his health thing. <laughs> so many times or somebody recommended them and they must be good but you know you knew that you should have asked for the nda or you knew yeah. that you should have you know had something on a paper when it comes to delivery or monies or whatever that is and you just kind of because you're busy you're like no, no. eventually get to a point where um retrospectively you should have done it then then then. it's just kind of like yes i should have asked i should have done it i should have made a call right then then I should just, you know, I think that that's the kind of key thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I got it. And I think that you're, you're 100% right. It's, uh, and and I, I'm a true believer. Of, there is no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I've learned over the years that, you know, where you may look stupid, but nobody will kill you because you look stupid. Okay? They, may mm. make a, they may find you stupid. That's fine. You know, but, and I've met, and, and actually it's interesting because I met a lot of people I thought were stupid. But no, they were just asking questions that I thought that I put a label on, um, but they, they, exactly. had a, they, had, they had an idea behind. So. To go back to White Toys, um, mm-hmm. because um, uh, while I was browsing your website, so, so that your, your mission is to inspire children to become innovative thinkers and creators. So why, why do you think kids being innovative thinkers and creators is important in, in 2021? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's the most important thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, the, the key there is that um, when, when you look at where the future is heading and you don't, everything is uncertain, the acceleration of, of technologies and how humans are slightly being more and more displaced. Um, the, the, the key, what we have in terms of being human, is that how can we connect the dots, being completely yeah. from a different angle? Um, and, and solve a problem with that. So how can we um, really kind of look at different technologies, different um, outside the technology space even, you know, how can we use people, um, anything else around us to to really kind of make something um, work um, and, and, and solve. And even, especially for Africa, you know, uh, we have so many, I always call them the hyper local issues that the West doesn't have or the more developed world doesn't have. And, uh, you know, and then meanwhile, we've we been having, you know, all these developed kind of countries' products dumped on us. Um, but there are so many opportunities that we can solve in Africa for African problems um you know even in the healthcare space i mean we've seen it like people were saying no but you know you you guys think thinking about prosthetics but prosthetics is such a complex world and you need to have um you know so many i don't know from iso to you know different type of regulations and and etc and you're like yes but you know let's solve the problem and the problem is that a child that is growing up without an upper arm doesn't need a biotic arm that needs to be thinking with their brain. If I move my left finger, you know, <laughs> I'm going to think about, you know, that's the, that's the developed countries problem, you know, that's yes. what they're trying to solve for. What we need to solve for is that how do I get a child and a, a prosthetic that is functional and they can actually write and do things with. And, um, you know, and in three months time, they need a new one. And it doesn't have to be made out of stainless like titanium and i think that's where we need to start thinking about it and no one like even you know when we've been having the question people are like yeah yeah, no you're right i mean we can do it and and i think that's what's important is that our children can think and can solve for problems like this and can say you know what i'm actually going to solve this problem in my community because i've seen so many people struggling with this or struggling with that whether, and there will be so many more problems, I mean, just environmental problems and, and if you're talking about the SDG goals, um, there's so many things that we can look at yeah. um, and you compound it with, uh, with developing countries, you know, so, so and I think that in the existing education system, there is not enough emphasis put on problem solving and critical thinking and innovation and creativity. Um, it's still kind of the education system that was designed for the industrial era. We all know that. Yep. Um, it's trying to change. But if an alien had to arrive today <laughs> on Earth and say, hey, guys, I think you should change something. You should actually... <laughs> they would probably say it as it is. Check yeah. it and do this. But obviously, we can't throw away the baby with the bathwater. Um, so what what is essential is that how do we solve for this? How do we get our children to start thinking creatively, being more... Um, critical um, in their mindset, critical thinking. And there's so many opportunities in edtech, um, you know, and I would like to encourage entrepreneurs out there who are who are kind of uh, looking at education and how education can be transformed. What what we've seen is a lot coming from like the let's fix numeracy in literacy. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously we need to do that, but, you know, we shouldn't just, Stay there. We shouldn't just get our children limited to the fact that you know there is the numeracy and literacy. I mean, then we're limiting the potential, their potential. How do we get them into become the problem solvers? Because with problem solving, you have entrepreneurship. Because they're hacking problems, and then they're hacking opportunities and all of that. So I think that that's kind of the key key aspect around Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is. And, and making and 3D printing, for example, around it is that you start making things. And when you start making things, you actually realize that you can create things. And, and with that, obviously, it leads to the other. And then I can connect a 3D printed item, specifically that designed for X, to my circuits, to dreanor to yeah. a, a sensor, you name it. You know? And then that's what, that's the mindset that we need to start teaching them, not necessarily be the best coder you can be. You know that horse has bolted. I mean, India and China is way ahead of us in that But you know, so 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 we need to start looking, especially in Africa. How, how do we get kids exposed rather to things that uh, technologies? But how can we get them to use these technologies to to work um, so that it works for their communities? I I
1: I completely second what you're saying. It's 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 funny actually. So. Um, I was reviewing with, um, with a bunch of people, uh, I think that was last week, a project um, by the University of Technology of Mauritius uh, to create prosthetic arms that are 3D printed, low cost, mm-hmm. because that was exactly the same kind of, of, of feedback so says, well, terribly sorry, but we can't afford a $20,000 prosthetic arms that, that does everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what those people need, they need an arm exactly that's for sure exactly can afford twenty thousand dollars if we can make it 200 that would be even yes. on the high end but if we can make it 50 hey then we have something because yes we may change it every two years fine but that's fine okay for the time being exactly. that's fine because we're going to help tremendously those people so we need to think differently um
0: and that's and and i think that's the point is that that's where what we should be teaching the kids at school is exactly those problems like they should be solving problems from there and and, like with what they have whether its old equipment like old tvs and old radios to new equipment and how do they add the 3d printers to it and and that's actually kind of the, the way because even with um when you look at um agri space you know there's so much equipment that it's past its lifespan I mean, you can't even find spare parts for, for some of the yeah. equipment in Africa or outside of it, but you can 3D print it sure. and you can push that equipment further. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many more things that you can look at that, you know, one can solve for. And, and especially when it comes to logistics, you can't get to certain locations because they are far and they are inaccessible. So how do you get the equipment to to those locations and to those communities? You know, now like what's happening with drones and, and, and the medical space? Yep the things you can achieve with 3d printing you can put 3d printers in those communities and they can solve for the local mine for example you know um and and, and for themselves um
1: and and, and and i think going back to the kids and the 3d printing i think that one thing which has always been difficult for people is to think in 3d okay mm-hmm. we're in front of, of screens okay screen is, is flat it's 2d now when and and i've 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 been I've done engineering studies and, and I was in the robotics field so everything is potentially 3d but at that time when I was studying, studying we needed small robots to understand you know what was you know um, the, the moves in space because it's and that requires specific way of thinking you cannot think 3d if you haven't been mm-hmm. exposed to 3d and what what you're doing basically with 3d printing is helping very early age kids to think, in 3D. And that's, that could be massive. That could, I'm pretty sure that neuroscientists will love, you know, looking at the brains of kids who've been exposed to 3D thinking and those who have not.
0: So it's amazing that you're saying, I, I, I can't help myself. I have this big grin on face. It's <laughs> exactly what you're saying. It's so exciting because that's exactly what, what we've seen. Um, and we've got this feedback. I mean, just a couple of months ago, one of the teachers was um, was telling me, Petra, you, you wouldn't believe it. So they were doing this whole, like, they obviously had the 3D print and then they went on to online schooling. And then the, at, the, at the online schooling, she, she said to them, no, can you build? And it was kids kindergarten age, right? So can you do a castle? Can you can you can you design a castle and draw and a lot of kids she said that on the other classes we didn't we didn't do the 3D printing class with us. They were drawing, you know. They used the castle on a piece of paper that they had, and um, and then she said, oh, and those kids who were exposed to three D, they were making it out of the out of the paper. So they are making the towers. They were actually cutting it with scissors. And she said, Pedro, I need to tell you that because that is definitely because of the three I, I could see that. And that was a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> there was not like a PhD student <laughs> who was running there with a the CT scan. But um, um, so it's exactly to your point. I mean, we've seen we're seeing it. Just it's it's just the mind shift already. Yeah. How it changes. And on top of it, we learn with our hands. We learn, yes. we sensory people. And the moment we go to school, I mean, grade one, it's like, sorry, the player is out of the window, maybe for a little bit. And there's a pencil and a paper and off you go. Um, yes. But meanwhile, the kids want to, I mean, you and me, I mean, if somebody gives you something, especially, I mean, you're an engineer, I don't have to, <laughs> you're the converted. But if I had to give someone um, an item and say, learn this, how, how this works, the moment I give it to you, it might be you learn it so much faster, right? But if I had to give you a paper and design, like have you have your drawing to say, learn this, it would take you so much longer to figure it out how it actually all works. But the moment you have it in your hand, you play with it and you go, like, yeah, yeah, I know how it fits together and I know how it's to- because that's how we learn I mean that's how humans became humans <laughs> in the first time exactly. and, and dominating this, this this planet but and going to Mars and et cetera so I think that that's the key is that how do we get kids more exposed to that 3D not just in their mind but also into their hands and at school too, because that just changes the game um, yeah. tremendously just in the learning capacity and, and capabilities yeah
1: no I, I... <laughs> Hundred percent on this one. I think that's a and yeah, and and you're right. And you know, it just reminds me of, of many things. You know, when 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 my kids were were smaller, and it's and I pushed basically, you know, the, the, the little boys, you know, to play with things. You know, and today we tend we hear parents say, no, 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 they don't go out. You know, they no, it's, it's safer that they stay in front of TV or using their their iPad or whatever says no, no. They need to go into the mud. They need to to climb trees. Yes. They need to fall. Yes. They need to understand that the world is touchable,
0: yes.
1: um, and they, they build yes. a brain which is different, differently wired.
0: Absolutely. Anyway, I think and that seeing we could... it from those from those different angles, as you said, you know, when you start actually saying to people, especially with the three D design, and the kids need to start drawing in three D, and they need to actually start thinking about how does it look from the from the side, from the top, from the bottom. I mean, we learn that at a technical drawings probably when we were 14 but now imagine if we we could actually with our hands and fingers start drawing on our ipads and phones at the age of four or five and you can send it to the printer and it prints and you're like oh my goodness you know and, and the, just the kids mindset changes completely yeah. in terms of how they view objects and how they understand how these objects actually work yeah
1: sorry as no, you said, we
0: fine.
1: can go on forever. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can probably go on forever. I mean, it's a, that's a never-ending topic. Um, but we're, we're getting close to the end. And I, I want to, to ask the last question, which is our signature question. It's because you've been an entrepreneur, you've helped entrepreneurs as well. And now you're going sideways, you know, trying to print, not toys, but something else. Um, but what would be your, your one big advice to young or aspiring entrepreneurs who are listening to us?
0: How many minutes do I have?
1: No, I'm just joking.
0: So, um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so many things.
1: Take, no, take, but, um, take take all the time you want. <laughs> <all>. That's
0: fine. <laughs> no, but it's such a you know. So, so I've been I've started several businesses and and before. So I can I can share I can share definitely some poignant advice. Firstly, if I if I can have not not just one, but maybe maybe just couple. Sure. Firstly, firstly really find a good network i think that you know when i look at my previous business um we had i was part of for example the entrepreneurs organization eo um and that was really helping me to scale my existing business you know then now starting a new business um i realized that you know and i joined another network in south africa called civitas but there are others and in fact as a female entrepreneur i realized that you know we have other challenges as as moms and female entrepreneurs when it when it comes to running a business, so we actually set up a few women. We came together and we set up our own uh, monthly get together. Um, so I think that having having that network is really yeah. super super important um, and 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 just just priceless. And um, so really, and and a lot of time you you don't. you have time for it but you realize at the end of that discussion oh my goodness thank goodness actually i made that time again (laughs) in my calendar for this so it's absolutely important because it's kind of almost like instead of your business mentor or guide or having those people um and having experience share is the most important thing that you can you can do for your business from from that kind of point of view and um and as i mentioned kind of staying true to your to your north star i mean you know but Having and knowing that you might take left and right decisions, but really reviewing it and and, and sticking to them um, at the end of the day um, and, and knowing that everything is going to take so much longer than you think it will, especially for people thinking starting out, you know, it's, um, it will definitely take so much longer. I had a, even with my now new business, I had a side hustle, you know, so I had for a year and a half I was consulting um in addition so so you know that's why they call it a side hustle right until it becomes a hustle yeah. um, and that's why 80 percent of entrepreneurs fail because it's just you know i realized that in a corporate world three months means nothing but in a business world it means everything it means like you either make it or you you, you yes. die you do the business but so you need to take that into consideration that especially in a like a corporate uh, world that 18 months life cycle is kind of the norm and 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 are you prepared for that you know so as i said like don't don't be afraid to 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 you know stay stick to your existing um job if i put it this way and keep on keep on doing that while you having your new new business starting out and and being at a side hustle so, sorry, I had to say more.
1: <laughs> that's, that's fine. Thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. I, can't I, I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, no, no, it's, uh, it's very wise. The network the network is is definitely mm. probably one of the, and, and mm. I'm glad you started with this one. I think that's, a, mm. well, I, I, I created four or five businesses now, and, and the more I'm creating businesses, the more I'm seeing that when you have the right network from the get go, gosh mm. you're talking about speed
0: exactly
1: well speed exactly. becomes and it's it's funny because it's not about talking to people and say hey can you help me no it's just the fact that you have the network that exactly. i don't know that fuels your energy that fuels your connections that create connections to connections and that's yeah, but smoother. also on your
0: personal life, you know, like for example, as a as a female entrepreneur, like on a personal side, I felt like being a mom. Like, how do you do this? Like, how do you yeah. not kill your children and everything else around you and still be this super mom? And like, I can do, I can be the best entrepreneur and everything else. And and you know, and on a personal level, you don't want to like go to a psychologist and sit down to say, "Listen, I think I'm losing my marbles." Um, but having other female entrepreneurs, you know, to to discuss just even that or yeah. how does a woman deal with being the only woman in a boardroom when it comes to technology and everybody's looking at you three times like, does she really know anything about technology? Um <laughs> um you know and that's also why this network is important because you can't just have a coffee with with your with your bestie around these things you you need a network of like like like-minded people having the different challenges so even more networks is also good for different purposes i think that's that's what i'm trying to say
1: Fantastic. So thanks thanks very much, Petra. Uh, it, was a, it was a blessing to have you on the, on the podcast. And, and thanks to uh, everybody who, who tuned up and listened. So uh, you've been listening to Entrepreneur's Talk Africa, the podcast of African entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Israel, co-founder and CEO of the Talk Collective, the company behind Entrepreneur's Talk Africa. And today we had the immense pleasure of hosting Petra Rees from White Toys. So before our next episode, uh, thank you for taking 10 seconds to leave us five stars on our podcast app. Uh, on, on the oh, leave more oh,
0: five stars.
1: <laughs> okay, five <laughs> and a half. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you in advance and see you next week for more inspirations and actions from, uh, from across the African continent. Thanks very much.